Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles is the blurred lines to my word crimes. Keith Caulfield, how's it going Keith? I'm good. I would, I'm would. i not sure how I feel about being blurred lines. Um, well, I said I'm the word crimes because I'm the writer and I, I mean, you know, you're the Robin Thicke. You've no. got the swag. You've got yeah. the swagger. No, just everything about this is just wrong. Um, especially considering I've done about five interviews in the past week about how did Robin Thicke's album go wrong? How did uh, Robin Thicke's album go wrong? Folks that are listening, we're actually referencing Weird, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, new Blurred Lines spoof called Word Crimes. The lyric video is hilarious and so educational. You should definitely watch it. Exactly. And we're going to talk about... Weird Al's new album, Mandatory Fun. Uh, we, we have a packed show. I, I always say that at the top of every show, but this one is is particularly packed because we have a new number one single on the Hot 100. We have a new number one album on the Billboard 200 and oh, yeah. an incredibly terrible week for album sales, so we'll talk about oh, that. Hmm. We have a battle brewing for number one next week, Weird <laughs> Al versus a, a pretty stiff competitor. And we have an interview with the one and only Fifth Harmony, yes, the girl group, whose new single, Boss, debuts on the Hot 100. We'll tell you where in a second. But they stopped by the Billboard studio to chat about their upcoming debut album, how it's different from their debut EP, their evolving live show, and, of course, Boss. Are you ready, Keith? Yeah, I am. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah, creepy I, and robotic. All right, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I are. Ready or yet. Is that how you answered your questions about uh, Robin Thicke's album? It's just no. mechanically talking? No, mechanically. well. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. All right, so, oh, so Keith, uh, moving on from that, magic. That's right. Ma- I, it's not even magic. It's magic because it's with magic. an exclamation point. Magic. Uh, Rude is finally number one on the Hot 100, and Iggy Azalea's run with Fancy and Charlie, X's, Charlie XCX's run with Fancy comes to an end. So, Magic's been number two on the Hot 100 with Rude. This this Canadian reggae pop jam has has taken over our, our little world as we know it. So, Keith, how how did this happen? Let's let's start with this. What finally pushed Rude past Fancy on the Hot 100? Well, um, the the point differential actually is fairly close between the two. Um, I think Gary Trust, my uh, equivalent. Um, uh, here at Billboard, um, wrote about this in his story. But <clears throat> I'm looking at the um, the chart worksheet with all the point breakdowns in front of me. So Magic's number one, Iggy Azalea's Fancy is number two. Magic is just ahead in terms of overall points. But if we look at the specific breakdowns of radio sales and streaming, which of course again are the three components that make up the Hot 100 chart, um, Rude is ahead in radio. It's ahead in terms of um, sales, um, but it's actually behind in streams. So Iggy is still ahead in terms of streams, but the great gains at radio and digital sales really uh, made Magic hit number one this week. And it, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago how it looked like Magic was probably going to eventually be number one because it kept gaining and Iggy kept losing out and it's just one of those things where it actually came true we were actually right about something um so that's why <laughs> magic is number one this week we did it yeah we so, did it we predicted kind of right <laughs> yeah so 
Fancy was number one on the Hot 100 for seven weeks. It is now number two. It's It didn't tumble that far. It just fell one spot. Are you surprised that Fancy was dethroned? Because a lot of people are procra- pro- proclaiming Fancy as, you know, unequivocally Song of the Summer. Um, it's had, you know, it's had the inside track for some time, but now it's not number one. What, what, what do you think? Were you surprised? I think it's cute how we all have this, like, thing about the song of the summer. Like, yeah. we talk about it like it's like, you know, like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Um, uh, song of the summer, for at least Billboard chart purposes, is based upon your weekly performance on the Hot 100 chart. And Iggy has been number one, I think, for the duration of what is technically known as the summer. (laughs) I think it was number one on the first week of summer. So just because it's not number one right now doesn't mean that it may not ultimately take the crown as the song of the summer. But, of course, summer is not anywhere near overdone with yet. So we still have a ways to go. If Magic is number one for the next, like, two months, well, then we could be singing a very different tune. So. Very true. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm just I'm a little bit surprised just because seven weeks, that's a, a really impressive run. But it's a little bit short of the past few songs of the summer. Uh, Blurred Lines was number one for over three months. Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe was nine weeks, I believe. And um, and Party Rock Anthem was was way up there as well. I, I mean, seven weeks again, it's it's nothing. Uh, it, you know, it it it's still right up there for song of the summer contention. It, it probably let let's be honest, it, it has a great shot at it. But you you think about yeah, if magic is magic now has a, a chance. It's it's early enough that rude could be the song of the summer. Hey, uh, before we move on from magic, I want to know: Do you know if any other songs named magic have been number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in history? Named magic or by because oh sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you, that I was just, a trick question i just screwed that up let's let's rewind Woo, what, 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 all right let's let's try that again um what i meant to say was it doesn't matter anymore because yes. i got confused oh boy it's like we're doing a morning show and we're just gonna move on now because i'm stupid you know what i, I do want to say is that in, in gary trust chart column on the hot 100 and and whoever is listening to this please read this it, it has so many fun factoids about rude hitting number one but my favorite was his rundown of all of the reggae songs that were number one on the hot 100 in the charts 56 year history um, Get Busy by Sean Paul. It Wasn't Me, An Angel by Shaggy. You got Snow Informer in there. I mean, this is this is the craziest, wackiest little roundup of songs I can imagine. They're they're all like vaguely reggae and vaguely reggae pop hits. <laughs> So uh, again, check that out on Billboard.com um, right now. I, I, I've salvaged my my statistic a little bit because for the moment I got confused thinking that the song was named Magic, and yeah. I'm an idiot because obviously it's hey, called Rude. Don't be um, so hard on yourself. Come on, man. I, chart Real geeks man. beat themselves up when we get things just even a little bit wrong. Um, what I was going to say was I always like sort of posing the question of you know when a song hits number one with sort of a fun or different, unique. Uh, word in its title, um, or say a very short title or a very long title, we often like to wonder, you know, has something happened like this in the past? So, for example, Rude is number one. Have any songs with the word Rude been number one previously? And there has only been one number one song with the word Rude in it previously, and that was Rihanna's Rude Boy back in 2010. Call me Rude Boy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and, so and that and that's kind of vaguely reggae like too, a little bit, little bit, a little bit, little bit. Little bit. Um, 
Ooh, so, ah, just a little bit. Again, like I said, uh, check out so many more fun chart factoids. Uh, Keith, you're going to have a, a fun charts out of the week. Not about Rude, but but later on, up in the show. But check out more on Billboard.com right now. So meanwhile, while Rude is, is now you know at the top of the Hot 100, you have Latch by Disclosure featuring Sam Smith. Now, Sam Smith is already in the top 10 with Stay With Me. But now he joins himself with Disclosure in the top 10. Latch finally hits the top 10 um this is this is an unreal climb for such an old song i mean it, it was included on disclosures settle which came out in 2013 so it's, that's been out for a year but then the song has the song actually, is actually, two years old yeah. yeah it came out in 2012 <laughs> and now it is finally in the top 10 yeah um, well, and, what and, and so week? we look really smart because we put disclosure on the cover of billboard magazine a couple hey weeks yo. ago so I had a, I had a tiny tiny element to do with that. So um, <laughs> tiny little bit. It was really actually it was really just because of me. That's the reason why they're on the cover. Um, I'm kind of kidding. So yeah, <laughs> Latch was number eleven for the past two weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So close. And and before that it was number twelve, and then before that it was fourteen. And I kind of thought, <clears throat> I kind of thought it was going to suffer the fate, the cruel fate of you know being a number eleven peaking single, which is. You know the worst the worst positions on the chart if you're a chart fan or you know if you're an artist sometimes is numbers two eleven and forty one because you just missed out on a number one single a top ten single and a top forty single yeah um, and famously uh, we had a really significant number eleven peaking single last year with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's same love which I actually wrote a story about on Billboard.com about how it was one of the biggest number one uh number 11 hits ever <laughs> um because it was stuck at number 11 for get this one two three four weeks non-consecutively and it could never even break the top 10 but that's not what happened to disclosure it finally broke into the top 10 um i can break down the numbers for you just a little bit to talk about how it got into the top 10 sure um it did have an overall um gain in hot 100 points um, it did have a gain in radio. It's still gaining at radio, believe it or not. Um, it's down in sales, um, but its streaming numbers are still up. So again, it's one of those things where you can be lifted overall, even though you're declining by one of the metrics. And its radio continues to gain. So, um, And also because Sam Smith is so hot right now, I think radio is kind of glomming on to anything with him on it. And that's why we see that he has two songs in the top 10 of the Hot 100 with Stay With Me, his own track at yeah. number five. And then the disclosure track at number ten this week, and he was on Naughty Boys La La La, which was a yeah. top forty hit. Um, so Keith, we got to move on very quickly to Florida Georgia Line. Hey, that's okay, that's okay. Florida Georgia Line's "Dirt" soars in at number eleven. Um, it, it, it's a it's a huge first week, and you know it had a huge first week on our Hot Country Songs chart as well. Um, Keith, yeah, number one. By the way, it debuts at number one yeah, on the un- Hot Country Songs unreal. chart. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's uh, we, these guys had a huge, huge hit last summer with Cruz and, and then the remix featuring Nelly. Um, Keith, I, I, I mean, this is just Florida Georgia Line. I, I, I think proving that I, I don't think anyone saw them as like a one-hit wonder or anything like that, but proving that they have some sort of staying power. And uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about this? Well, um, it's it's you know as I noted in our morning story on Wednesday, uh, it sold 182,000 downloads. I think was the the sales figure. Yeah. That was the biggest uh, sales week for a country song in basically a year since Florida Georgia Line sold a little bit more with Cruise, and the biggest debut for a country song since Taylor Swift's Red um, 
well before that. So they're in a really great spot as not necessarily just a country act, but just sort of a music act because they've really positioned themselves as uh, genre straddling artists because they can bring in a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of rock, a little bit of pop, yeah. a little bit of country, like a lot of artists are doing now. And this really is is uh, setting them up for their forthcoming um, full-length album or their second full-length album for Republic Nashville, which will come out uh, later this year. So we'll see. I mean, the first week obviously is going to be huge, and we'll see how things go after this, but you know, they're in a really great spot right now. Yeah, usually when we talk about country artists on the show, we talk about them on the Billboard 200 albums chart. We, you talk about Eric Church debuting at number one, Brantley Gilbert selling over 200,000 copies, debuting at number two, but... Florida Georgia Line is that rare country artist that has that Hot 100 power where they can, you know, kind of rattle off top 20 hits. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when they come back with their sophomore album later this year. Um, so we got to move on to the – speaking of albums, charts, uh, the Billboard 200 album chart. We have a new number one, like I said, Sia, 1,000 Forms of Fear. We talked about it a ton last week, but it does indeed arrive at number one with 52,000 copies sold. In its first week. So that's the good news. Congrats to Sia. Sia's great. And it's a, it's a great album. But on the other hand, Keith, terrible sales week for albums across the board. In fact, some would say the worst album sales week. And, well, um, <laughs> some. How, how, <laughs> meaning me. Uh, <laughs> how, so how bad is it? So, yeah, it's a good news, bad news sort of week. Good news for Sia. She's number one. It's her best sales week ever. She sold 52,000 copies. She did it, yeah. Yeah, she's number one, baby, and she did it on her own terms. She didn't show her face. She did it the way she wanted to, and go, girl. But then at the same time, um, in terms of overall album sales this week, only 4.05 million albums were sold which is the lowest on record for a week since Nielsen SoundScan began tracking sales in 1991. Um, We have consistently been seeing uh, album sales erode over time um, ever since, you know, sort of the the collapse of uh, uh, sort of the album in sort of the early 2000s when well, we had internet, <laughs> yeah. and people started getting tracks. This is a very familiar story. Um, but it's sort of gotten a lot worse in uh, the past year. Um, for example, this year, um, weekly album sales volume has fallen below 5 million um, for the past 12 consecutive weeks. Um, and we've only seen albums sell more than 5 million in just five weeks this year, um, and and more than half of the year is over with now. Uh, to compare, a year ago at this point, we had 21 weeks where sales were above five million. So people are really making the transition to streaming albums and consuming albums in non-sales oriented ways, and uh, and that's what we see this week. It just happened to be sort of a perfect storm week where we had a really low week and overall volume sucked. And there we go. Um, but, you know, it's actually not the worst week ever for a number one album. This is only the fifth <laughs> worst week at number one for hey. an album. Hey! Silver lines in everything. I try. I try. So, yes, there's there's your sad state of sales story this week. But so, it is so, what it is. So, Keith, yeah. we should we should see an uptick in the fourth quarter as, as bigger oh, artists yeah. release. I, I've... I, I was thinking not to. I was I was I was excitedly thinking about this um, the past day or so because <clears throat> we've had this huge sort of 
um, nothingness of blockbusters. But um, at the end of this year, we should have a new album from Taylor Swift. Yep. We should have, we should probably have a new album from Adele. Um, Maybe fingers um, crossed. I mean, because she, I didn't. I, I'm looking at a story that we have up on Billboard.com, and nothing's it says confirmed. I know nothing. Nothing's nothing confirmed. Um, but she did tease earlier this year. She said, you know, 25. When she turned 25, she said, "See you later this year." Again, later this year, which makes you think that the album's probably coming out before the end of the year. Yeah. And then we also have a new Garth Brooks album coming, and Garth Brooks is one of the biggest selling artists in history. Yeah. So between Taylor, Adele, and Garth, don't forget Nicki Minaj too. Mm, and Nicki. Um, <laughs> that's that's not shade, but I'm just saying Nicki is not Adele, and Nicki is not Taylor, and Nicki is not Garth. But if you look we'll at those see. three artists right there, that's already going to help things tremendously. So my 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 follow up question to that is that yeah things are there there's going to be an uptick but I still think the next few months look rather bleak. I, I mean I think we're going to have a big debut with Five Seconds of Summer. They release their debut album later this month, and then next month Ariana Grande's sophomore album My Everything comes out. Aside from that, there's not that much on the on the release calendar that you know there's there's going to be some interesting new projects, but nothing that is really going to as we love to say, set the world on fire. Well, I, I'm, I'm still convinced the new Barbra Streisand duets album could set the world on fire. Oh, snap. Well, it's supposed to have like Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Streisand like all these people. Back. If, if, if it does, if it can do what Santana's Supernatural did, just a little oh, bit, like I, half of that. I don't, I don't know if... I, okay, a quarter well, of it. it I could, don't know, man. That's asking a lot. That had a if, that had a massive it, hit. I don't okay, know. Okay, fine. If it can approach what Tony Bennett's duets <laughs> Okay, did. that's more realistic to me. Okay. Thank you. All right, so uh moving on to next week's album showdown. Basically, it's it's Weird Al Yankovic Mandatory Fun versus Yes, another exclamation point. So, yes, from Jason Raz, they are both gunning for number 1. What are those sales projections, Keith? Um do you know the song Yes by Mary Clayton, by the way? Of course, of course. Really, from Dirty Dancing? Of course, yeah, Dirty Dancing, man. Come on. Oh yes, we're gonna <laughs> fall in love, and if you okay, anyway, it's a great song, and it was a single, and I <laughs> that like was Mary my Clayton. question. My my question was, I'm dodging. Um, okay, no, the answer is uh, both Weird Al and Jason Mraz are going to sell maybe between seventy and seventy five thousand copies, and they're both vying for their first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. These forecasts are according to industry sources, so of course they could change as the days progress. Stay tuned to Billboard.com for future developments and. Here's another fun fact for you. Um, Weird Al's album would be considered a comedy album because it's yep. you know, a lot of spoofs and comedy and so forth. Um, we've never, well, we haven't had a comedy album at number one in decades. Um, I think the last number one album by uh, a comedy album that was number one was probably Bob Newhart. Um, I want to say in the very early 60s or late 50s. I obviously haven't researched this completely, um, but we'll have this probably somewhere online if it looks like Weird Al could be number one. So that's kind of exciting, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, so just just quickly. Um, sorry. Weird Al, it's, it's been such an interesting campaign for this album, which might be, he said, it, it might be his last traditional album, which makes a lot of sense to me because... You know, some of these songs that are being parodied are like Blurred Lines and Royals and, and hits from last year that, 
you know, if if you don't have the traditional album format, he could just release a video while that song is still current and popular. It makes a ton more sense to just have digital releases from Weird Al. I and but at the same time, this album campaign compared to his last few, uh, his last album was Alpocalypse in 2011, and this one really has been well received. It, it's gotten a lot more attention, at least in in terms of my eyes. I, I know that. The first one that came out was uh, Tacky. It was an, an awesome tribute homage to Happy by Pharrell that kicked off an eight videos in eight days campaign starting last Monday. And, you know, the, the, the songs have just been coming from there. Word Crimes was the next day and then Foil, Lord's uh, Royal Send Up. And uh, yeah, I mean, this has just gotten a lot of attention to me. Do you know if they're all going to be lyric videos? Because the first one was a real video, and then um, the the word crime song was a lyric video. Has the Royals uh, thing uh, premiered? Because we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, so I, I have not gotten a chance. I've heard the song, but I have not watched the video. If, if that's strange, I, I listened to it on my phone, like and and route to tape this podcast. But I I, I don't know. But it's 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 such an interesting idea because I, I remember tweeting last week. I was like. Yeah, Weird Al has a new album coming out in five days and hasn't released a single song from it yet, and and then boom, it's just kind of like this flood of of content, and then you you have this week long interest in Weird Al where people are you know it might be his first number one album ever. Yeah, and I what what he's doing, um, you know, because Weird 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 Al is no. Uh, no stranger to the game. <laughs> 35 uh, years. Yeah, he's been around for, uh, well, a heck of a long time. I mean, when I was a kid, um, he was, you know, breaking through with his spoofs of, you know, Michael Jackson and Eat It and and Fat. And, you know, and he's continued to be fun and um, provoking and original and so smart with his spoofs and, you know, also his original music too, but he's known basically for his spoofs. But I think, you know, we can draw a comparison between the new album's release and the last album um, with the first single that came from each of them. I think the first single from the last one was a spoof of Lady Gaga. Um, um, It was a spoof of Born... Perform This Way, yeah. Perform This Way. And I think by the time that came out, it was, you know, people may have sort of been tiring of Lady Gaga to a certain degree, and they, they didn't have that sort of love of the song that they, that perhaps people do of Happy, uh, Pharrell's song, which uh, Weird Al is spoofing in the first single from his new album, and he's called it Tacky. Yeah. And, and it's and it's so happy, and it's so funny. <laughs> and and um, the, the video itself is a one-take video full of celebrity uh, comedians and actors that it's people great. would it's recognize. Um, so I think it's just everything's kind of like firing on all cylinders. It, 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 they've picked the right song, the right kind of execution, and the the daily promotion with new viral videos every day is really going to, I think, help move the needle. And he could have his first number one album. Keith, uh, fun fact: do you, Did you know that my first concert ever was a Weird Al Yankovic concert? I feel like you told me that at one point before. Yeah, yeah. I think I was maybe twelve. I think so, I went with my dad and my at- best friend. And um, we bought Weird Al shirts. It was the best day. Was this uh, at the height of um, of, of um, the Gangsta's Paradise? No, spoof? it was actually the the next album, uh, Running with Scissors. So, Pretty oh. Fly for a Rabbi, um, <laughs> Grapefruit Diet was on that one. Great, great album. So, moving on, Keith, to its competitor, its challenger, 
Jason Mraz, who might also score his first number one album. So yes, this this album, it's the follow-up to Love is a Four-Letter Word. Uh, does Jason Mraz have anything working at radio right now, Keith? Um, well, um, not quite like you know huge hit or anything um let me quickly quickly look just to make sure i'm not speaking out of turn well um, as, as you look i, I want to yeah. just say that unlike weird al's ad or promotional campaign where he kind of stored all the music away until release week jason mraz has been doing this thing called mraz mondays where he's giving a song away i, I believe it started two months ago in may where he started posting a song every monday almost like what Bieber did with his journal series, what Kanye West did with his Good Friday series. So he's it's been kind of like a steady stream. I, I know that, you know, um, I was looking at the YouTubes and all of these songs have hundreds of thousands of views. So people are watching these videos, people are hearing these songs, but is anything working at radio? Because I haven't heard any Jason Mraz on, on radio. It, there's nothing to me that's I'm yours or I won't give up on this album. No, no, none of the songs are on any of our airplay charts yet, and none of the songs charted on any of our streaming charts. So despite the fact that those songs you saw had hundreds of thousands of views, that has not been enough in a concentrated form to get any of them onto any of our charts. However, on our sales charts, he has charted with a number of tracks this year um, on our pop digital songs chart. Songs like Love Someone, Hello You Beautiful Thing, Back to the Earth, um, uh, three things and it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday which i'm assuming are all probably the pre-release tracks from the new album yeah yeah so we will uh we will keep an eye on that uh, as as the week goes on all other debuts on the uh the billboard 200 probably next week the new kids bop album is out that's right keith the new kids bop album is out yay and the bleachers album the new project from fun guitarist jack antonoff actually jack antonoff is going to be on next week's Pop Shop podcast as our special guest. Uh, we had a great chat, and um, would uh, I can't wait for people to hear this. He's he's such 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 a smart guy, and um, that that will be there next week. But this week, Keith again, like I said, Fifth Harmony boss their new single. It is the first single from their upcoming debut album due out this fall. It debuts at number forty three on the Hot One Hundred, and this is their second Hot One Hundred hit right after um i believe miss moving on from their debut ep yeah which peaked at number 76 so they've already got their biggest hit ever okay so yeah i mean fifth harmony they've been kind of incubating for a little while after they were on x factor i believe a year and a half ago and um finally ready to release their epic records debut the girls the quintet of girls stopped by the billboard studio to chat about Everything really going on with them, the album, the tour, the new music, and how it's different from the old music. Check out Fifth Harmony on the Pop Shop Podcast. Yo, all right, we are here with Fifth Harmony. Thank you guys so much for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you for having me. I got to hear some new music last night from your upcoming album due out this fall. What really struck me about these songs is how much you guys have progressed from your first EP. Thank you. It's unbelievable that you guys are the same group. I I wanted to ask about that maturation, that being just becoming more mature with your sound and what that decision process was like. And and yeah, I'm just curious as to what you guys think about the progression between EP, Better Together EP, and then this album. We all. Oh, oh, sorry. 
I th- okay. Um, I think the first round um, of music, we were so excited to like be getting involved in, in the industry and all that stuff. And like we were still like 16, you know, 15, 16, 17 range um, besides Ali, who's always been older. <laughs> like she's she's 19, 20. But um, in the process of r- like singing all the songs and like going through all that, like we've just grown so much since that phase in our lives. You know what I mean? Like this whole process has matured us as people and as yeah just in general and the sound has to mature with that in order for it to be authentic and so the music that we are working on and have are going to put out soon is like a straight representation of where we are right now in our lives and where we intend to go with it you know what I mean it's like a process and um, like it's also not so drastic a transition that our fan base from before can't be a part of that growth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It it seems like people have really responded to the first taste of it, which is boss, the new single. Why, why was that the first, the the perfect first single for this new project? Um, I think in terms of, you know how Lauren said the album is a combination of who we are and who we want to be. I feel like boss in terms of how confident it is and how um, that female empowerment message is so strong in that song that's where we want to be and for example for me personally when we were recording that first EP that was a year ago I can honestly say I've changed so much since then and before I was you know probably a lot more insecure than I am now and you know when I sing when we're singing and performing boss I feel so much strength you know what I mean and that's I think the whole um, direction of where we're going is so strong in that song it, it's interesting that you guys have are, are putting out your first album but you already have such an established fan base and they are you know they helped boss the music video reach a million views in 24 hours is that it, what have you guys seen from your fan base as this music has kept progressing everything's been pretty fast for you guys everybody else is growing up with you what has that been like to to see that as well as in your fans It's been really awesome. I mean, it's really cool because our fans have been with us since the beginning, you know, since X Factor, and they've seen us grow and, like I said earlier, you know, (laughs) become the people that we are today. And I think it's also really cool because, you know, a lot of our fans are super, super obviously loyal, and they come to our shows a lot, and we see them constantly over and over again. I think it's awesome to be able to kind of have individual like relationships with them it's so cool to hear that like hey like because of y'all I met my best friend on the internet you know in our fandom and um because of you guys I've become more confident and um become more like sure of myself and I think that's really awesome that we not only get to have a relationship with them and kind of see them grow but they get to see us grow as well and they continuously just inspire us and it's awesome to see how everything's just changed in the last two years it's crazy to think that you guys were on X Factor not that long ago. Do you right. guys ever? Two years ago. Do you guys ever like go to YouTube and watch? Nope. Old no, no. no. <laughs> how, how I didn't no. even do that while we I was don't. on the show. Yeah, no, never. We're trying no. to run TV. Yeah. Go Break ourselves back. to see. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. Oh, it was a rough time. Rough times. It was rough, but it also you know helped us obviously get stronger. Yeah. Sure. We, you stronger. think it was just rough just because of like where you were as artists and well, still I mean, kind of finding your way. I think we had just been formed and we didn't know each other at all, and we were still trying to find like a sound and a vibe and. You know what I mean? And we got, yeah, we got lucky that we clicked as people. So that's that's why that we were able to continue and make it work. You know what I mean? But like in terms of expecting 
five completely different people to come together and have who have completely different tastes in music by the way like just have a sound right off the bat like that's an impossible request like it doesn't you can't just form an artist like that you know what i mean so the that process was so amazing for us to grow and yeah, like to experience and to build the fan base that yeah. we did and like all of that stuff and it was like an incredible opportunity for us yeah this has been such a long time coming for you guys, and it's actually happening now, and more people are getting to hear these songs that you've been working on for months, and you wanted people to hear for months. Is there a certain nervousness for you guys? Is there an, any kind of fear because, you know, the moment is actually uh, really arriving now? I think that it is pretty nerve-wracking just because we've been working really hard on this project, and we've put in so much work and, like, effort and time, and we've built a great team, so it's kind of just, like... Is it going to do well? But And you hope for the best, you know? Yeah. But I think that it's a mixture of excitement and nerves. But you just want people to love it as much as you do. Especially because we've been having the fans wait for, like, a while now. So it's kind of like, is the wait worth it? I'm so excited. Honestly, like, so excited. More so excited than nervous. Yeah. Just because this is literally, like, our this is our baby. Like, we've been working on it so hard. And all of these songs were, like... Hand, like picked, picked for us and like tailored to our message and what we wanted to do and like the vision that we had for this album and like the way we wanted to be represent represented in this industry like the way that this is this is the music that we want to be like known for you know what i mean so thanks again to fifth harmony for stopping by the pop shop podcast and a bonus keith a bonus for you they actually did a studio performance while they were in last week so check that out on Billboard.com as well. I'm not sure when that's going up, but it should be up in the next week or so, and, it, and it's fantastic. Keith, we go from Fifth Harmony to your chart stat of the week. The chart stat of the week this week is about Beyonce and Destiny's Child because 15 years ago today, on July 17th, 1999, Destiny's Child had its very first number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, with bills, bills, bills. Can you pay my bills? Can you Can pay you my pay credit my card bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? I don't think you do. So <laughs> you and me are through. Dun 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 dun. dun. Your trifle. Okay, I'll stop. I just love that song. Um. So actually, uh, bills, bills, bills was the first number one of so far four number one singles for Destiny's Child, and of course, Destiny's Child gave us Beyonce and Kelly, Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams, and don't forget Latoya. Um. And all the other ladies of Destiny's Child Latavia. that I'm not thinking of. Latavia. Latavia. Come on, yeah. man. Um, well, but what I wanted to get to was talk about the success of the other ladies in the group. Beyonce has had five number ones on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um, Kelly has had her own number one single with uh, uh, Nelly, Dilemma. of course. Yeah. Dilemma. Number one for 10 weeks. And, Unreal. you know, uh, while Michelle hasn't had um, a, a Billboard Hot 100 hit, <clears throat> On her own, uh, she has actually recently hit the top of our gospel songs chart with a little help from her Destiny's Child friends, Kelly and Beyonce, uh, on Say Yes, her new single. And the video is pretty fun, too, because it's a reunion of the three of them. So there you go. It's the chart side of the week. Fifteen years ago this week, Destiny's Child had its first number one single. Thank you, Keith, for your charts out of the week. Really quick, before we go, Keith, what is your favorite Destiny's Child single? Do you have one? Oh, well, I think Say My Name is my favorite, but I think a lot of people would say that Say My Name is their favorite. What's your yeah. favorite? Um, mine would definitely be uh, Independent Women Part 1, but, you know, I have so much love for the Bills, Bills, Bills follow-up, Bugaboo. So much love for Bugaboo. I think we're going to go out this week on Bugaboo. Uh, 
Thank you to Fifth Harmony again for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. And check out next week's Pop Shop Podcast for our interview with Bleachers. That album should debut on the Billboard 200 uh, pretty high. So um, that'll be great next week. Keith, do you have any parting words? I don't. So um, from one girl group, Fifth Harmony, to another, here is Destiny's Child, Bugaboo. Thanks for listening this week, and take care. And it's not hot that you be leaving me messages every 10 minutes and then you stop by. When I first met you, you were cool, but it was game you.